Hello and welcome to Can You Hear Me at the Back, the podcast about all things voice and communication. Hi Andrea. Hi Leon. We've got headphones on this week. We do. I feel really official. I know, right? And like posh microphone and... and uh, yeah, you've got a posh, mi- posh microphone. And I, another, just got... I have a pop shift and I can get very close to my microphone and just have sort of intimate conversations with the audience. I won't do that for very much because that's like really creeps me out. I know, right? It's like ASMR. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. Do you know what? Mm-hmm. What um, ASMR's that thing where right that makes the hairs on the back of your neck stand up? Mm-hmm. Do you get Do you get the sensation? Um, I do only for certain things like um, like nails on a chalkboard. Oh, that's unpleasant though. Yeah, I don't get it for like, like most most of the time I see it, it's like people eating like pickles or like chewing oh like, yeah i don't get it for that though that's fine do you get it for whispering unless you have like a sibilant s sound so it's... oh no that's <laughs> it's like for me it's just high-pitched noises like i'm not a fan of high pitch like a big you know beyond uh. and i'm also not a fan of low pitch noises as well but i found <laughs> out during my time at maps so it's really only like, like... we're really limited yeah like <laughs> a mid-range yeah sort of i'm like a mid-larynx <laughs> Um, yeah, no more. That's great. That's my thing. <laughs> we didn't do um, <laughs> we didn't do sound and movement. I know we've barely started. Uh, so, mm-hmm. with the sound and the movement, Leon, how are you feeling at this moment in time? Ah, that's quite a long one. I, I was going to say that was quite a range too. I like. Yeah, that. I went. I went to see um. A- uh, a lady on Friday who is sounds <laughs> okay. dodgy but it's not as good she okay. is um, a kinesiologist 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 I don't know the difference okay one's Greek and one's badly pronounced English and um, she's also an osteopath okay. and she does like loads of amazing stuff she's awesome Ooh. because as you know I always feel terrible about <laughs> like all things health related um, so anyway so I went to her and she's gonna fix me um and she like realigned me and she she cracked my neck and did all crazy things and did acupuncture and oh, she's amazing. And I've sort of had some really good sleep. So I'm oh. like, woohoo! That's, that's important. Like sleep is the most important thing to me. It really is. I don't function well if I don't eat and if I don't sleep. Oh. Like don't talk to me. Yeah. Like I'll still be there in person, but I won't be pleasant. Not there in spirit. No, no, not at all. It's really mm. nice that you're sleeping. That's the first thing that my mom and I ask each other when we get on the phone. Really? <laughs> yeah. It's like our greeting. It's like, hi, mom. Hi. How did you sleep? And she's like, oh, not well. And then we complain about how she's not sleeping well and why not. She has Ajna. <laughs> she has Ajna all the time. <laughs> another thing she that she <laughs> Dedra. She always got Ajna. Dedra. <laughs> and uh, Andre Fudge. Yes. In the sounds of the movement, how are you feeling? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was so. There was so much thought in that. <laughs> there was like, there was like a paragraph of thought, and then it was just like, explanation. That was my one feedback when I was doing the course too. Was like to get out of your head into your body, <laughs> because I just think, <laughs> I think constantly. 
constantly, constantly. Constantly just self-censoring. Yeah. Yeah, I think, yes, I do. I think, yes. <laughs> I think, aha. Uh-huh. I think I do. I think I am. I think, therefore, I am. I think, therefore, I am. No, That's absolutely no. true. It's got too deep. No, <laughs> oh, I mean, we've got some way to go yet. Nah. It's all right. We're only at the start. <laughs> so what are we talking about today? We are talking about feedback. 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 Not in so far as, um, like, when you get the microphone too close to the speaker. No, it's a different form of feedback. <laughs> that is also feedback, right? That is also feedback. Yeah. Indeed. That's not the kind of feedback we need. Oh, oh, okay, yeah. But oh, I guess it's in what? the same. Because um, so I'm thinking about the words feedback. And I'm thinking like in the vein of what we mean for feedback. It's in the same vein, right? Because something is feeding back to you. Yeah. I had to just explain that out loud. <laughs> like, <laughs> otherwise, it wouldn't work that way. But well. the thing about it is, right? There's a whole kind of if feedback is not like. Uh, it, it should be a loop. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be just like a straight line. Yeah. And and only flowing around in one direction. It's not like. Yeah, because it goes boom back to the other person. Yeah. But nothing. With, there's that theory in physics that nothing ever travels in a straight line. Nothing can travel in a straight line because if most things travel by like buying through vibrations, then vibrations don't travel in a straight line. Uh, yeah, everything vibrates and oscillates and. Yeah. So especially with sound, it can't travel in a in a straight line. This is why we have a problem with like space travel. Hmm? Because it's hard to like it's hard to like figure out the vectors of something if it's not going to travel on that line. We have to figure out how it's gonna like like zigs to get there. Wow. Even if it's really, really tiny, it still zigs a little bit. Sounds a bit like my driving. <laughs> Just sort of careering from left to right. Left to right. <laughs> Sort of only... around in the car. <laughs> well, that sounds like a personal issue. <laughs> yeah, I think that's more of like a bearings issue on my <laughs> tires. Yeah. yeah. Um, but aside from space things, we're not talking about space. Yeah. No, we're talking about feedback. But like, feedback's an interesting. I, so I, I was talking about this the other day. Um, uh, insofar as. I find feedback quite anxiety-inducing sometimes. As in, when you give it, it induces anxiety to you, or when you get it, it induces anxiety? Oh, no, when I anxiety. get it. When I give okay. it, it's fine. Like, I'm fine. Okay. Also, I don't give feedback in the way that I receive it. I give feedback in a very kind of intentionally positive way. And you do. I really do. You really do. I will give that because I remember getting feedback from you. Everything else is terrible. Everything but. else is no, but that is true. Because <laughs> I got feedback from you once and it was incredibly generous, I would say. Ah, uh, thanks. Yeah. That's my plan. Um, yeah, I hate it when people are like, yeah, that was terrible. You're awful. But it's also not constructive. Yeah. That's also true. But, but often people just tell you what's wrong because and they don't know how to fix it, which always really annoys me. Mm. Don't tell me something's wrong unless you can offer some kind of guidance as to how I might be able to make it better at some point in the future. Mm-hmm. Um, because then that's just an opinion. That's not mm. feedback. Mm. And often people give me opin- their opinion. Mm. <laughs> and I'm like, thanks. 
I'm I'm gonna have to leave now because I feel like I'm having a panic attack. Um, I thought you meant like really. No, 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 <laughs> no, no, no like, I oh am. my god, we're gonna stop the plot. I'm just acting, Andrea. Just acting. <laughs> That's so great of an actor. Great moment in British theatre. <laughs> but no, seriously, I'm always a bit like, no, I don't like this. So even doing, you know, sometimes when we do courses and mm. that sort of stuff, that when, pe- that when there's a feedback form and it says, what did you think about this person? I'm always like, oh, I don't want to read about what they said about me. It's awful. I clearly did it wrong. Yeah. Even though often, like almost invariably, it's like, yes, it was fun and Leon was hilarious and he said naughty things. and Yeah. He also made us think. Like, that's fine, but... I read this incredibly um, uh, informative article the other day about feedback. Oh, really? Um, yeah, and it was a woman who teaches in Australia, and she teaches... Um, it's an English course, I think, they have that um, that they have to take. So it's like comparative literature or something of that nature. I don't really know. Um, huh. But um, she was saying basically the terrible things about feedback because a lot of university courses now are either cut or continue based on feedback of students. And one of the things that it, um, that it sets up is this idea that the teacher is only as good as the students, um, which is something that is quite detrimental for, for teachers because if you've got a class of like 30, and say only half of them do well on the test mm. is that they're are, are we saying that the teacher is just crap and like can't teach or is there something happening with the students and what they can't they're not receiving the information um or maybe the subject is too hard like there could be so many other factors in it but if you just go from a feedback form um then what is often written is, is that the teacher is terrible um because students can only really receive what is given to them and what yeah. they receive is boom a teacher, and and that's the other thing as well. Like I think there's a there's a there has been a notion that has been perpetuated in the last few years as part of education generally that mm. a teacher's worth or success or ability is calibrated relative to the outcomes of the students examinations mm-hmm. or tests mm-hmm. and you guys in America if yeah. it's an examination <laughs> it's probably somebody wearing plastic gloves yes whereas if it's a test <laughs> then it's not yeah then it's we're a, like sitting down with a pencil and a piece yeah. of paper whereas here if you get tested it's very different <gasps> oh yeah um, I just thought about that. It's really true. One yeah. of the other things that separates us from them and you from me and everyone else. But then in America, we can also get tested. Like yeah. you get tested for a particular thing. But if you're examined, that seems like something a little bit That's when extra. somebody has to go, <gasps> yeah. on something first. <laughs> That, yeah, that's a nice way to put it. Alex. You'll feel like, a tiny prick. <laughs> Oops, <laughs> sorry. Um, <laughs> what's funny is that I went for a blood test the other day. Sorry, listeners, but it's true. And uh, and the woman said, you'll feel a scratch. And I was like, oh, that's better than... <laughs> you'll feel a prick. Because <laughs> my response, if anyone ever says that to me, which is rare, but if anyone ever says, oh, you'll feel a prick, and I'm like, oh, constantly, I just... <laughs> always feel like an idiot um, so, oh my gosh anyway. 
I feel like I was saying something and I've just you were you were talking about um, completely distracted. You were talking about <laughs> you were talking about students um, um, and feedback driven outcomes. Uh, outcomes. Yeah, yeah, it just doesn't make any sense to have to have the caliber of a teacher um, measured against the outcomes of their students because it's not you're not the, a teacher is not testing the exam. So mm. are you asking about the level of retention of those students? Well, some students are going to have great retention. Mm-hmm. Also, then some students will get bored mm-hmm. because they don't like repetition. Mm-hmm. Or they will get bored because they're not interested in the subject. So you, you're, as exactly as you've said, like there's so many different factors that contribute to student outcomes that actually the teacher's input is such a minor point yeah that it doesn't seem to make much difference in the long run yeah and like so i was a terrible test taker and i still am um and like a standardized test taker um or examination taker just so you're like um but like so then like obviously like i didn't do well on on any of my standardized tests or things like that um And you will have students that, that don't do that well, but they'll do well in like a presentation mm-hmm. or things like that. So it's really important to vary all of your things. examination. Yeah, and coursework yeah. or participation, which is clearly not, I don't think that's a thing in the UK, but we have participation grades in America because yeah. um, we just believe in as much extroversion as possible. But um, <laughs> there's there's that. But then um, there's also, I feel like, especially if you're, if you're training teachers, a better way to give feedback is if you have another teacher who's giving you feedback, like a mentorship. So if somebody comes and observes your class and your lessons and things like that, that is more valuable to that teacher um, than her kids um, or his kids giving them feedback and being like, I thought this lesson was boring because they have no <laughs> they have no critical reference for it. Yeah. I'm like, not at all. Um, but a mentor or somebody um, c- who comes in and observes you can be like, oh, no, I see what your objectives are, what your aims are, and I can see that this is what it, and that's more beneficial feedback. And in terms of what you were saying before, like um, giving feedback so that you can use it, somebody who's in your profession and has done it before is more likely to give you feedback that you could use um, and that's constructive so they because they've been there before so they can say oh no I see the handouts possibly that you've given mm. um, and I see what you're going for but automatically I know X Y and Z because I've done this before and mm. this is like something and, and that's something that you can change for the next time so you have that constructive feedback right in front of you so you know it for next time I think there are elements of that that are exceptions, though. Mm. Only only because we teach voice. Oh, yeah. <laughs> teaching voice to teachers is one of the things I've been doing a long time. Mm. Um, in fact, coming up for 12 years. Oh. So old. Anyway. <laughs> look at my Experience. Skin. Your so, experience. Because I've had all this work done. <laughs> I wish. Um... But what happens is, it's like other teachers tell, so teachers tell other teachers mm. that what's wrong with their voice on a regular basis. And it's yes. always one of those things that I get NQTs or, so that's newly qualified teachers mm. um, or people who are 
doing their teaching training kind of as part of their job. So they're doing a graduate training program or something. And they come up to me and they're just like, so this teacher told me that my mentor told me that I am too loud. I'm like, yeah, that's a possibility. You don't have to shout all the time. Oh, no, I don't think I'm shouting. I'm just too loud. Uh, okay, so let's have a look at what you're doing. So then when we look at what they're doing, it's not that they're... What it is is there's a lack of variation. Yeah. So then they kind of... They're like, well, you're not necessarily too loud. It's just there's no variation. So it just sounds like you're just barking orders. Whereas mm. if you were actually having a conversation, you were talking, it was about discussion with the class and communication mm. with the class, then it's a very different ball, you know, ball game. And so then the people go, oh, I can do that. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> and so then they do, and it's really nice. Yeah. But um, it is a really interesting thing that, that I think if, if there's a teacher who is giving you information about pedagogical issues mm. that you might be facing and structural issues with how to deliver lessons mm. say, then that's going to be much more beneficial than the kind of peripheral things that that are included in teaching that might not actually be anything to do with the sort of expertise of that particular teacher mm. yeah definitely and I think um, I, I've been on both. I get so much feedback. <laughs> get so um, much feedback. I get it and I give it. Um, and um, what I find a lot that happens, and I, well, I think we've had this conversation before, are students giving other students feedback? <gasps> <laughs> I, know, I know it's like the bane yes. of your existence. <laughs> you don't know what you're looking at. You don't. And then the other thing, um, the thing that I really get about that is that I give them constructive time in class, right? So, um, but it's constructive for a reason because I monitor it. That way, if you say something damaging, I can go, oh, that's not true. <laughs> and so yeah. nobody goes nobody goes away and practice it because the authority has said, no, that is incorrect. But if you're just in an isolated thing going up to your friends and being like, I took a voice class and I know that what you're doing is, in- you don't, <laughs> don't do that. I um, had to recalibrate the language of some of my students. I think we mm. definitely had this conversation. Mm. Um, and because what happened was the invariably something would be done in class and then one of the people in the group would say, yeah, I really liked that because blah, blah, blah. Or, yeah, that was really good because blah, 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 blah. So then, I've, then I decided to intervene. And my intervention was <laughs> you have to use the phrase... I noticed mm-hmm. X. That was interesting because Y. Mm-hmm. As in the letter Y, not because. Um, so someone would perform something, and then they put their hand, someone who was in the class, another student would put their hand up and answer, or, or, or you know, give some feedback and say, "I noticed that you kept looking at the audience." rather than staying in the scene. And that was interesting because I think I do the same thing. Mm. It was like, see how this has changed the conversation. Mm. So it's not about it being good or bad. It's about that's interesting. I've observed this and it's helped me and not own. And what happens is because it's being framed in a way where the, the observer is saying, that's interesting because I think I do the same thing or whatever they say. Mm. It then also kind of changes the the sort of the quality of the feedback 
Yeah. So that the recipient is like, yeah, he was looking at the audience. That's true. Rather yeah. than feeling accused or um, wrong or whatever. It's just like, that's interesting because I do the same thing. Or mm. You know, I noticed that you were really loud in that section. Mm. And that was interesting because when I've done that speech, I haven't been loud. I've been really quiet. And so I noticed that you did, you made a different choice. And that's really interesting because that just shows the diversity of the choices available. Mm. Yeah. And then the recipient might say, did you like it? And they're like, uh, I don't know really. I haven't considered it yet. And that's because otherwise what happens is you get this sort of false confirmation of positivity I suppose it's like people going I like that it was good because it's like don't tell me it was good because tell me me what was interesting yeah why I should continue to watch it what I could work on or whatever I don't know yeah that was so when I went to when I went to university um I studied English literature and so there's a lots of you know looking at passages and dissecting words and Mm. figuring out what's going on what's it this and that and I used to get so angry in like my first two years because so many people would start um their comments with the words I feel like um or um (laughs) um I'm glad that (laughs) yes I'm glad that like that statement was really and I used to get so angry because it has nothing to do with your feelings Mm. like nothing um when we get not not when we when, not when you first dissect it not when we're looking at it right not when we're we've got a specific theme that we're looking at um it's, whether it's like death or happening or whatever that theme is for the day and we're trying to integrate those words in that scenario to that theme and then there are other theoretical contexts that we're you know we're looking at as well what do your feelings have to do with like semiotics like i don't really understand yeah. um <laughs> have to do with the narrative structure of this particular yeah, piece of prose. I don't really see what your feelings have to do with postmodern theory. Um, but yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. and it's just in, in, inappropriate in that setting. And then I was, um, I find so, um, like when I read essays or things that creeps into there as well, you get, you get statements of, I feel like, um, or I'm glad that, or, um, it's bad that, like these very kind of generic phrases that don't mean anything really um they're just they're just cushions for you getting to the actual criticism that you need to get to or the actual feedback that you that you're trying to give um so i always tell i tell my students the same thing it's like i don't care what you feel um we'll get to feeling later (laughs) we haven't like especially in the beginning if i'm doing first year and we're doing first term don't really care about feelings um we'll we'll we can we can talk about those afterwards um but if you're going in straight for feeling, and this is why I get a lot with feedback, I've had this for people too, um, where they start things about work that I've done. They say, I feel like, or I feel that. And what it sounds like to me is that you're unsure. Um, it sounds like that's you're dancing around something. Um, and I think that's quite a cultural thing. Um, because if I were to say in a class, um, and I were, uh, like if I were, sitting in a class as a student um, and I would raise my hands and start with I feel like um, automatically someone's going to say why does it why does it matter because it's it's not it's not a concrete fact it's an opinion and it's therefore um, 
and it's molded and, and it's shaped and it's not something that I can easily grab and say, uh, this is this is an objective, this is something that I can work on, right? This is something that, you, that you're bringing a lot of your history to and whatever your context is. And I think there's a time and a space and a place for that. That's mm. absolute, and I think we should celebrate that. But when I'm first giving feedback, I don't want the feedback to be something that I know is more about me than it is about you as a performer or you as an artist that I can get to after it's it's objectivity versus subjectivity in a sense isn't yeah it? it's kind of I want you to be objective not subjective tell me yeah. what you tell me tell me something don't tell me how you feel because I don't know I can't calibrate that I can't take how you feel and run with that because mm-hmm. also you will feel different tomorrow yeah and i might do it the same tomorrow and you will have a different emotional or sensory response to it because of how your day went or how you slept or mm-hmm. whether somebody did some acupuncture and you know <laughs> and stuff. like do you know what i mean like it's really yeah it's not like kind of one of those sort of standard things tell me if the the inf- the I don't know, the cadences were weird or the inflections were off or my prosody was monotonous mm. or whatever. Like, and you know, you didn't use your bath set and keep trapping it. You know, like, whatever. It's kind of... At least then you can take that as tangible information and move on with your life or mm. move on with your work, more importantly. But, yeah, that I feel... One of the things that I've noticed in, 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 in recent months has been the... In my opinion, in, in oh. essence, on things that are not opinions. Yeah. So, in my opinion, the city of Liverpool is called so because of the liver birds, and I was like, "Huh?" That's a fact. And it, and it is a, and in my opinion, it is a harbour town, and you're like, it is a port town. <laughs> And that is not your opinion. That is a fact. Like, it's just like, yeah. what are you talking about, you crazy people? Mm. This is not opinion. You know, mm. in my opinion, um, the French accent is very different from... Like, no, 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 wait, hold on. You could, you could, yes, you could, if you're talking in a sort of phenomenological, autoethnographic kind of way. Mm. Anybody who's confused by those terms, please just Google them. Um... <laughs> Uh, that yes your opinion and your experience is valid but it doesn't really matter (laughs) there's a context for it right like there's a context for your opinion and your feelings um and like I said, like, in, like there are times in a voice class where, you know, I might specifically ask, how does that make you feel? Because we're looking Absolutely. for something. But that is that is a very specific time and place. And we're working with very specific things. Um, if you come at me in the beginning, if you come at me in the beginning with like, I feel like, um, with a and Like, toothbrush whittled into this into his it just it's not it's it's not um <laughs> <laughs> what is the word i'm looking for i don't want to say appropriate um 
because well, I think it's about a pr- a propriety, isn't it? Propriety. It's about sort of, it's, it, is it right or is it? I mean, it's it when an opinion is not required, don't give an opinion. <laughs> That's when what it's it a is. Fact. Name it as a fact. But I think a lot of people feel like performance is based on opinion. Like I had a really strongly worded argument with a friend of mine. Strongly worded argument. <laughs> yeah. I used lots of letter. Yeah. Disgruntled of, of North London. There was lots of there was lots of um, words used. Um, but about the fact that like um, people feel as though when they watch a movie or when they watch a play or a performance or something like that because it moves them in some kind of way um, that then the basis of them knowing whether something is good or bad is based on feeling and people bring that into a classroom when they talk about performance right Um, they saw a performance that that made them feel really good it it touched them in a way that that changed their lives or whatever it was so that when they come to a performance class of some kind they're like oh I want to talk about my feelings because because that's what motivated me for doing this the performance for them exactly um but part of the part of the thing about going to school is about decompact is about um decompacting not decompacting what am i unpacking 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 is the word that i need for that decompacting if you'd like to know more about that please google that as well (laughs) or they may be doing incognito mode (laughs) yeah i don't know what could come up with decompacting yeah don't do that (laughs) don't do it you could also Um, work it out with a pencil (laughs) it's an awful decompacting joke (laughs) moving on <laughs> no, you're right though. It's about making it sort of granular. You can kind of go for for from the macro to the micro. You know, like mm. kind of you're you're looking not just looking at the overall picture and how did it make you feel, but how is it that we made the person, people, audience, mm. viewers, participants feel that it's more important that we know how we made you feel that so we Mm. can recreate it than the fact that we did yeah and that's that that thing i think we talked about this before that magic that people Mm. talk about in in performance and they're like oh it's just magical they just have that thing i hate (laughs) i hate that word they just have that it's the x factor they just have that thing and it's like oh okay so yes every every person is a unique butterfly and we we all have different things that we bring to the world um but there's also skill involved and there's also concrete um things that we have to work on in technique like nobody um very few people just woke up in the morning were able to belt you know like that's 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 not really thing people learn um and they grow so it's not that they woke up and were like i'm magical (laughs) just gonna go off and be a singer like that's that doesn't really happen there are things that happen in that and that's why we have to talk about those things technically (laughs) yeah and also because like you can you can do something and then uh, it would touch like it would touch the people who are listening to it or watching it or whatever mm-hmm. experiencing it um, and then try and recreate it the next day but not be able to mm-hmm. and then again and again and again and so, and it's sometimes it's kind of touch and go it's a wrong mm-hmm. phrase I think sometimes it's kind of inconsistent inconsistent yeah often it's inconsistent and so mm. in order to be able to create a consistency mm. um a reliable consistency that's where technique comes in that's where mm. craft comes in that's where um crafty expression of artistry comes in that's really important mm. 
it's not just about like having artistry like people have artistry they are they are artistic in some fashion but unless they have really articulated what it is that they do Mm. whether that's in the doing of it Mm -hmm. or whether that's in the critique and the Mm. theorizing of it Mm -hmm. and those are just very different things it kind of doesn't matter really Mm. Um, because either you can or you can't Mm. and either you do or you don't but the fact that you kind of know how if not why is Mm. important Mm. that was a very confusing thing to say no, yeah, no, but that makes sense. It's like, I used to have a professor um, who used to talk about being disappointed when he talked to actors. Um, and he he said, you know, uh, he, we had seen this play and we went to a feedback session. Not feedback, it was like a Q&A thing. Um, and we got back to the classroom and he was like, you know, that was, he was like, you know, that was slightly disappointing. <laughs> um, but yeah, we had to unpack it. And the reason it was uh, disappointing is because what he was seeing on stage was not being um, said verbally, right? So an actor would do something, would make a choice um, in a play that we'd studied extensively mm. for months. Um and they'd make a choice and we'd feel it and we'd be like, oh, yes, it's great. Um, that that seems to be in line with, with all the things that I thought were, were motivating that character and all the, you know, the physicality seemed to be right. And it seemed, you know, they whatever that little thing was, um, they really seemed to add the history and the context to it. And then you go and ask the actor, you know, what, you know, how, how did that happen? Um, and they might not have the vocabulary for it, but then that's not necessarily their job <laughs> um it's their job no. not necessarily to tell you yeah. what they did yeah um because they are the doers of it and and that's one of those things that i find talking to actors they just kind of go i don't know uh. um and that often i have had to be able to i used to very much be one of those actors that just went oh it just is um <laughs> and then through the course of the last decade or a bit of um teaching people where they say mm, is that i don't feel like that's enough I'm like yeah i don't feel like that's enough either how can i explain this and then mm. i've come up i've come through layers of metaphor and all that sort of stuff and 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 tried to work out what it is that i'm actually doing mm. and then eventually i sort of go oh, i think it might be this mm. try that and then let me know if that works and they do and then it's like well it kind of worked but it wasn't really what you said and it wasn't really what you demonstrated and it wasn't really what i wanted and, mm. and now i'm kind of much better at being able to decipher what it is that i'm trying to get out of somebody mm. without using a lot of the wishy washy kind of um uh what's the word uh like uh, there are th- there are there are images that you could or images and sort not necessarily images just as images but there are concepts that you can uh read in any number of ways mm. so rather than it being a tangible finite maybe like spectral thing or continual thing that goes from one end to another and there is a sort of gradation of it it's like 
sometimes people give an image and there are like 900 different facets to that image that you could choose any of those image any of those facets and just be like oh i'm gonna do that mm. which is not the same as somebody saying giving you a really concise really specific really um mm. focused piece of direct direction yeah I mean, I think like breath works that way a lot. So mm. you could have somebody, you could literally put a hand on someone's stomach and say, I just want you to move my, my hand out and in so they have that feedback. Mm. Or you could use an image of floating <laughs> um, or of having, you know, the breath come from your feet or whatever it is. And sometimes that works, but it does take an extra step. Yeah. A big extra step because you then have to translate what does floating mean to you and if we want the breath to come in and out how do I translate a floating sensation into me and that can put you in an entirely different place and floating in what medium yeah you know, like floating water in air, air. Is water <laughs> is different from yeah and if you're floating mm. in the dead sea it's different from floating in a swimming pool mm. uh, it's different from sort of floating in a bath which I don't think I've ever done but you know like it's one of those things never been in a bath big enough but uh, not in my recent mean? years <laughs> maybe when I was younger um yeah no um and I find that actually to link it back to feedback not that we've gone anywhere yeah. um but to link it back to feedback a lot of times when I get feedback that feels more metaphorical it doesn't it I, I don't understand what to do with it because you haven't told me what to do mm. um and I don't understand how to translate that feeling into something that I can reproduce for you in that moment. So telling me something, um, I used to get a lot of, um, could you make it more heavier? And I was like, nope, because I don't know. I don't know what that means. Heavier yeah. in the sense of like, do you need more emotion from it? Heavier in the sense of, do you want me to feel heavier? Where do you want me to feel that heaviness? We're talking about my head, my shoulders, my feet. Knees, like what toes, I didn't tell. <laughs> like where, where am I feeling this heaviness? <laughs> um, but I'm a very, as, um, as my dad likes to say, pedantic um, and um, literal person. Whereas like, if you tell me something, I have to... Um, it's the linguist to me. I have to figure out what that word means in that context and mm. what you're trying to get at. But language in and of itself is metaphorical, which is why I think feedback is so difficult. Is because even when we say something like a tree, right? There's so many different trees in the world. Yep. <laughs> like so many different trees. Are we talking about trees in bloom? Are we talking about trees that have flowers? Are we talking about trees that don't have any flowers? Like what kind of tree are we talking about yeah. here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is it a sturdy tree? Is it a small tree? So many different mm. trees. So if you're telling me, uh, if your feedback is, I feel like you were a little less like a tree, I'm already gone. Yeah. <laughs> so be as specific as possible. But I also think it's about calib calibrating is the word of the day. Um, mm. It's about calibrating the feedback relative to specific criteria. Mm. Um, especially, I mean, we do this for assessment. Constantly. Yeah, yeah. Um, especially for academic assessment, or at least vocationally academic assessment, um, uh, in order that we can make sure that everybody is sometimes quite literally singing from the same hymn sheet, hmm. um, and in order that everybody has there is parity across decision making mm. um, within an institution, within. Uh, an industry within you know whatever um, and nationally and internationally to some greater or lesser extent mm. but there's this kind of thing that if you can say that 
you know, you can give a criteria and say, for example, that there was a there was a variety of prosodic patterns and stresses. There was um, a nice, a good use of pitch. Not nice, but a good use of pitch. There was a there was variety in the in the use of pitch and intonational patterns. Um, the accent was consistent throughout the entire performance. Um, I don't know, whatever. Um, you know, with Shakespeare comedy, and so therefore we're in 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 verse, and so the the use of blank verse and you know an iambic or variant rhythm and irregularities therein were apparent, etc. Mm. Either that's there or it's not. Mm. So like, if you can break that down and you say, look, you've got fifty percent on that because there was some variation but you could have done better mm. there was the accent was there but there were a couple of moments where it completely just went back to your normal you know habitual accent mm. um there were moments where there was an indication that there was some rhythm going on underneath those words that you were speaking but frankly twice out of the whole scene i don't know what was going on you know what i mean like you can then go at least you can break it down into quantifiable sections so mm. that you can then go away having written those notes down and then work on them consistently and constructively and with some kind of um method mm. to the madness that that is sort of just going that was good or i feel like that was good. <laughs> oh, I like that because it was good. <gasps> Worst night. Mm. Mm. And so the yeah. feed. I think the feedback's really important. And how do you then phrase the feedback? So whether you do the shit sandwich, uh, which is ostensibly <laughs> saying this was really great mm. because of the following reasons. Mm-hmm. However. Mm-hmm. You were terrible at this, and you desperately need to work on it. <laughs> but in conclusion, <laughs> I would say that you have really progressed since the last time I gave you a shit sandwich. <laughs> and in a feed, or is it more often known a feedback sandwich? Sure. Um, <laughs> but you know, you say something good, something bad, something yeah. good. But then at the same time, sometimes that's really difficult because you have to dig really deep to find some good stuff. <laughs> because there was so much bad work happening but sometimes that's useful just structurally for giving feedback i do twos i i work in threes so i do two good one uh, then i take all the all the things i'm like oh um and i put them in in the third way in a a nice way and then at the end i just say keep working hard keep on (laughs) trucking keep 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 on keeping on yeah I think I, I can. I think I can. <laughs> I think I can. I know I can. Um, <laughs> I also think, like, speak. Uh, I often put things back on the on the recipient. Mm-hmm. So I say to them, "What did you like about that? Mm. What did you not like about that? If you were to do it again, what would you do differently? Mm. Or what would you want to do differently, but are not sure how to?" Mm. so that then it becomes a reflective and um, considered practice Mm. so that it's not just so the onus of responsibility is not just on me 
Mm. It's not my job to tell you whether the work that you are doing is good or bad or indifferent. It's your job to know that and then say to me, mm, that bit wasn't great. I don't know how to make it better. What would you suggest? Mm. Okay, then I can work. Um, because the responsibility is ultimately down to the performer. Mm-hmm. And we as coaches and teachers and facilitators um, and directors, I'm doing a lot of directing at the moment, mm. arguably, probably too much. Um, <laughs> just for my brain space, not even for like lifetime space. But um, you know what I mean? Like it's not, it's not my responsibility to make sure that the actors are good actors. That's their responsibility. It's, mo- mm. it's not my, it's, it, it's my responsibility as the director to make sure that the story is being told and that I as an audience as the representative of the audiences that will watch the show mm. understand what's going on the story's clear nothing gets nothing's confusing we don't end gain unless it's actually in the text we don't do you know what I mean we don't sort of do those things where it's going to let people down yeah yeah and ultimately the actor's going on stage every night it's not me mm. unless I'm the actor in which case it's my responsibility <laughs> okay so it is you some days it is me yeah no I would agree with that I think um, yeah I just think if we're going and the feedback is tricky isn't it really tricky the last thing I want to say about feedback I think um, is that feedback is not criticism um, and I think people oh, conflate I know the people conflate that quite a bit yeah, they do. there are people whose entire jobs are like they're critics that's what they do they they make their money and their living from that um, but I don't think as a practitioner as a teacher you are you're not a critic you're you're a teacher um, or you're a director or you're a coach or something of that nature so you're there to facilitate um the change not to critique it (laughs) well i think there's a difference between maybe there isn't but i feel like there is somewhere along the line a difference between critique and critical analysis and like that that just even in terms of i mean it is semantic and i i do it maybe it they are all synonyms of each other and that's just me kind of feeling differently about them Mm. but I mean I do feel like somebody who writes a review of something Mm -hmm. is a critic they Mm -hmm. are it doesn't feel like they're looking for the best it feels like they're looking sort of for the worst Mm -hmm. in a weird way Mm. um does this come up to standard? Am I, I'm assessing it relative to my five stars, mm. you know, blah, blah, blah. Versus somebody who's critically analyzing something and saying, this is interesting because I noticed this and this is interesting because mm. going back to really early on in the conversation, but I feel like there's a, there's a difference between those things that if there's a, you have to have a wider knowledge to be able to critically analyze something. Yeah than you do to just critique it yeah yeah because i think it also has to fit into um we used to talk about in literature that everything has an aesthetic mm. so every every time period um of literature of art of, of anything has an aesthetic that it likes to to fit into it's a thing mm. that most people will look at and be like mm, 
that shit is pretty. <laughs> like yeah, yeah. we like we like the way that that looks, and it changes quite um quite it, well. It seems rapid and almost random, but when you look back in history, it, it tends to be like almost every five, ten, ten years. Um, but I think uh, if you're doing critical analysis, that that factors into it, that you can objectively look at it and go, okay, I see what's happening here. I see what's happening here. Um, and I see what's trying to happen right now. And maybe it's not hitting the mark because of this, that, and the third. Um, or maybe it's just kind of, maybe it's gone a little bit too far ahead. And these things in the cultural um, narrative haven't happened yet. Um, and so we don't have our teeth to say. So there's so many other things that you have to think about as a, um, if you're doing a critical analysis, where if you're doing um, a critique and you're just um, a critic, there is really kind of just um, a scalar, um, a scalar kind of model that you're looking at. It's kind of like, is this, is is this doing what everything else is doing? in the cultural narrative of, of what you're producing. So like, is the play next to it? Um, is it is it putting out something critically, I don't know, relevant, culturally relevant as, as the play next to it? Or is that not its function? Although I would argue that if you're putting things out that are not culturally relevant, then what are you doing? Why you do it? But I think that is a critic statement, right? Um, and I don't necessarily know if that is something that as I know definitely as a voice coach that I would ever bring into a rehearsal room because that seems like something you would do as a scale of a performance rather than being it rather than it being um, something that I would bring into for a particular actor, a particular group of actors. Cause like what, and like we said before, what are they going to do with that? Yeah. <laughs> That's not their job really. It's also not our job as voice coaches to kind of bring it into voice coaching for a second. Mm. That uh, it's not our job as voice coaches to go into a production and say, I like this or I don't like this. Mm. I've worked on shows where I'm like, I I do not like this moment. <laughs> this moment makes me feel uncomfortable. I feel like you should be better at this. This is awful. And I have to go in and be like, yeah, that's great. It's really interesting you're doing that. I love it. But mm. how would you want, what do you want me to do? for you how can i make your life better how can i make mm. your life easier how can i serve the play for you mm. um mr director mrs director ms director madam mm. director um uh, well, what's the deal like what do you want what do you want to be different and i will do something to make it different mm. rather than Uh, imposing my personal opinion on the production that I'm seeing or the moment that I'm seeing mm. and like oh yeah you don't want to do it like this do it like this instead it's like oh god no that's just that's so not the right thing to do mm. I mean sometimes you really want to you're just like why are you doing that it's awful you're awful um, although in my experience of working with professional actors when I say to them so why, why are you doing it like that and they just go oh I don't know I've literally never done it <laughs> <laughs> they're not kind of like well I had this like 20 week process where I was like trying to work out this particular moment they've never their actors have ever been like oh yeah I'm really solid on that moment yeah, yeah. Really, but yeah. they're always the moments where they just if like, it looks shaky it probably is shaky yeah, yeah, exactly exactly 
Yeah, I think yeah. Um, but I just I remember us getting lots of talks about um, directors not wanting voice coaches in the rehearsal room or in the rehearsal process because of that like dynamic. And I think a lot of it does have to do with feedback. Are you feedbacking something? Of that is particular to the voice. Have you entrenched on acting territory? Like whose toes are you stepping on with yeah, the feedback that yeah, you're giving? Yeah. Because voice does cover such such an array of of other things that happen on the stage. Um, it's really important just to kind of be like, mm, I'm gonna focus, and then this is gonna be the thing that we're gonna focus on. Unless you you've got an understanding with the director, and that is your relationship, and you have free reign to do whatever it is that you would like to do I just don't think that happens a lot <laughs> no I don't think it happens probably as much as Ever. it should <laughs> <laughs> as much as it should I get the same thing with accents though where I get in and I um, have to do an accent and it's just like it's not it's not necessarily the accent that is bad or, or that's gone wonky it's the um, it's the voice or it's the fact that you're the the staging is different and now you feel like you have to do this other thing and like it's 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 normally something else and we've got to bring I've got to separate it and just go okay no the sound you're just not making that sound can we just make the sound yeah and hope that it works yeah yeah it then all goes back to a lot of the research that you and I've been conducting over the years of um, you know audibility and projection in my case and mm. you know what is it that you're not able to hear what are you you know also in moments of high intensity mm. you're going to revert back to habit and and sometimes the feedback that you receive in the room is that's not good mm. do something else whatever mm. it is is not right just do something else mm. and sometimes that's valid but it's valid if you're playing it's not valid if you're <laughs> in the tech room. No. Like, this is bad doing something different <laughs> figure right. it out <laughs> so Andrea yeah. yes what have you realised in our feedback episode there's been <laughs> quite a, a meander down the, the metaphorical river of feedback what? knowledge <laughs> He says, choosing a terrible metaphor. <laughs> no, I just, I'd, I've, I've got a very strange image in my head. Um, <laughs> and I will not share. Feedback. Yeah, the river feedback, that, which has like, like brown? fruity, like fruit loops in it for some reason. Fruit loops? Yeah, yeah. Oh. And this random little um, miniature thing that's just going, ah. Because um, that's what I feel about feedback. Um, what have I learned? What have I discovered? What have I learned about feedback? That's a great question. Um, I think it always comes back to words, and that words are really important. It's about how you say it. Um, that's, that's like always my thing that I really. But yeah, it, I'm going to count really the number of episodes is. where it's going to keep a chart. <laughs> what has Andrea learned? That words are important. Words are important, and language is hard. Language is really difficult. Talking is hard. Um, but I guess on a more constructive note, that um, oh, I like I. You know what? I need to really think about this, like um, subjectivity and objectivity. I think that's what I've taken Ooh, away. That's yeah. I need to. I need to have a good little think about it. Mm. Mm. What have you learned or discovered 
I always, I always see, I always use the wrong word. What have I realised? <laughs> Real. Um. Only <laughs> <laughs> been doing this really. Like, what have I realised? Um. I've realised that sometimes, just in this moment, it's not my neighbours that are noisy. Um, I know your neighbours are like, let's have a party. Like anyway. just now. <laughs> <laughs> sure. It's usually my dreadful neighbours upstairs. It's, it's mine. Um, so, yeah, I've... Uh, what have I realised? I have realised that... The... <laughs> I've realised that my intention to give feedback in a positively framed manner has been noticed by another human being. Um, which is really good. I'm really pleased about that because I have a pretty good record of giving feedback to people, to students predominantly, um, and that it being unwaveringly fair. Mm-hmm. So I never... I probably have somebody tweet me later on just being like, no, you gave me feedback and I hate you. Um, which is fine, but we can talk about that because I've almost certainly still got the notes, babe. Um, but, because I don't throw anything away. Um, but I feel like that I've had, in the vast majority of cases, if I've given somebody feedback for an assessment that they've done or a feedback or you know, feedback on a, uh, and a performance they've given or whatever, that they're like, yeah, that's fair. Mm. I, yeah, I totally would give myself that mark as well. Because mm. I, t- I just, yeah. Sometimes people are disappointed that they mm. didn't do better, but then they're like, no, yeah, you're right. I should have got that mark. That's fine. Mm. Um, and I look back on my own training and my own experiences of performance as well and kind of go, yeah, that's true. That's fair. Um, so it's so I think the sort of the fairness of things and the sort of reality of things is important, um, mm. and that it's not. Although it can be really difficult to take feedback because it feels like a personal attack. Which going back to what I was saying earlier on, I feel like often I feel personally attacked by people mm. because it's there's so much of me in the work that I do mm-hmm. as an actor, as a muso, as a voice coach as a director like as the theatre maker or whatever all mm-hmm. of the work that I do there's so much of me in the work that when someone says I don't like the work what they're doing is they're saying I don't like this part of you and you're like oh and it makes you sort of die inside a bit um, which I think is why I feel anxious about it and I feel kind of like nervous about it um, so we often get somebody else to read the feedback <laughs> and then give me the worst ones and then give me the best ones and then the ones in the middle I'm like oh that's fine I'll read those myself because they're just like people being kind of nice-ish I used to I used to never read them I used to I used to just like even when I was in school I never looked at my grade I used to just stick it in my backpack and just go along my my merry little life um, in my day until I had those teachers who were like we're gonna read this as a as a class and then I had to actually take it out and and look at it but I, I used to never, I used to never. Also, some, one of the things that I've had recently is that people don't understand the point I'm making. Mm. So then the feedback is, your point is very unclear. And I'm like, it's actually really clear. You just don't seem to get it. Like you've not, like you've missed That was such a snarky way to say it. <laughs> um, oh, just bash the microphone. 
But I, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like that, I, yeah. I, that is a bit of snarky to say. But sometimes I'm just reading feedback, going, "You haven't read this. You haven't yeah. read what I've written. What you've done is you've made an assumption based on a title or maybe like a paragraph in the introduction to say, I know what this is about, and then it doesn't agree with what you thought I was going to talk about, and so therefore you're just like, no, it doesn't. It's not clear. But you actually <laughs> haven't been paying attention. Um, yeah. My mother actually said to me when I, because I also have a lot of, I well, I used to. I don't add much anymore because I just think I did I just lost that sense of caring a little bit um <laughs> but um uh, that she used to say you know when people give feedback it's more about them than it is about you yeah. so it tends to be that the first thing a person says um is either in a way that's like oh I don't want you to feel as though um I don't know I'm attacking you I don't want you to feel as though x y and z um but i do want you to feel this and this and this and a lot of times that first statement is because they either before have felt as though somebody gave them feedback and it was really attacking and person and like um affronting to them um or that they have done that to somebody else and somebody has given them that feedback and it's been like this has been really personal and attacking and affronting to them so i don't think and then i think as you get through that and it's always the first one that's the hardest because like how do you break that ice of the feedback Mm. and as you get to kind of the middle that's when people normally get like the flow of it and they're like oh no no i'm I'm, I'm pulling from this and pulling from this and pulling from this and then we get to the end and you kind of just paraphrase everything you said in the beginning so (laughs) (laughs) that's how i deal with it i'm just like oh this part and this part i care about the beginning bit don't that's your intro it's fine <laughs> it's it's that, the middle bit. It's kind of that classic thing of like the one sentence that really hit you in the heart, and you're like, Ugh. and it's the one sentence that you like run around your head at three o'clock in the morning when you can't sleep, and you're just thinking about feedback. And I wonder, is that feedback, or is is that then turned into a critique? Because you're critiquing yourself. Yeah. But coming back to the loop, really briefly, that the loop has to be that the the that there needs to be something constructive in the feedback that you can then go away and get better at. So mm-hmm. it's kind of, so you could, should be able to just sort of spiral up with feedback mm-hmm. rather than the feedback being negative and spiraling you down. And I feel like sometimes the way, the manner and the sort of quality in which people give feedback is designed to tear people down rather than build people up. So mm. they're better next time, and instead just say, "Well, you were crap this time." And it's like, mm. I don't like that. I don't do that. <laughs> I don't, think I don't you like it. Either. I don't like it. Yeah, but the thing again is like, what did you feel? Like, I don't understand. If you have, if you have to tear someone down, that normally means that something intense has happened. Like you really, really felt that for something like that offended you. That you need to put your feeling out there. Um, and then I think that's the perfect moment for you to check and be like, um, "Is this about me?" or is this about another person and how objective or subjective is this am i being fully um objective yeah. or is there something that that has brought up that i automatically want to go you're a terrible human being don't do that <laughs> <laughs> like stand up straight <laughs> i don't understand what's wrong with you like yeah. is that about me or is that about what i'm seeing aesthetically in front of me and a lot of times it's not and human beings make mistakes we're complicated beings you know it's really hard for us to separate all of them but you can do it. I believe in you. <laughs> I believe in you. <laughs> I believe. If you want to contact us about anything we said in the podcast, you can reach us on Twitter at 
Can You Hear Pod? Or on Instagram at Can You Hear Me Podcast. Or you can search for us on Facebook and on YouTube. Or email us at Can You Hear Me at the back at gmail.com. You can find me, Leon, on Twitter at Leon Trayman. Or me, Andrea, at Andrea Fudge on Twitter. Please support the podcast by subscribing as a patron on our Patreon site. The link is in the show notes. To keep the podcast advertisement free, as well as get access to cool extra stuff, discounts, bonus episodes, as well as supporting ongoing voice research funding as well. Okay, love you, bye!